0: All right, guys, everybody, welcome back to episode three of the Mob Squad pod presented by L.A. Sports Nation. I am Nicholas Jordan. We got Manny Chang here. And today we're actually introducing a third member to our little lineup here. We got Aaron Stevens joining us as well. So right off the bat, let's just go ahead and talk to Aaron for a little bit and let him introduce himself. That way we know where he's coming from, what he's all about and welcome him to the team. So, Aaron, what's up, man? How you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing good, Nick. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good, dude. Uh can't really complain. So a little bit of backstory. Me and Aaron have known each other for a couple years. We met playing softball out here. We both live outside the uh, greater Seattle area. So we're actually behind enemy lines with all these Seahawks fans, which is pretty pathetic. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's how we met. Uh, so let's just talk about some football stuff real quick. So how did you get into football um you know who's your team let's just start there
1: yeah man um i mean shoot i've been watching nfl since probably late 90s 97 98 but uh yeah i was born in southern california and uh my my mom dad brother sister all grew up in southern california so it was just one of those things where we had either the the raiders or we had the rams on television So I got into watching football just by every Sunday having the game on the TV. And as I I ended up moving over to Idaho and and kind of just carried that tradition on, I would say primarily I'm a Raiders fan, but the Rams always come into a close second there.
0: That's awesome. So I guess when you were watching football, it would have been, because at the time I think they were the L.A. Raiders, and they were probably
1: still the LA Rams, right? Uh yeah. Uh so yeah, around the time I started watching, it was actually the Oakland Raiders. But uh um, Oh okay. Yeah, and then um and then yeah, shortly after the Rams had actually moved to uh moved to St. Louis. So Okay. So and I then... primarily remember it as Oakland Raiders, St. Louis Rams, but I mean we kind of carried watching the watching the Rams even after they moved from LA and even after the Raiders moved from LA.
0: Yeah, and now the Raiders have moved again. (laughs) Um, But I think they've probably found a, uh, I would hope, a forever home now in Las Vegas. Um, And you, if I remember right, you also played football in high school, right?
1: I did, yes. Okay.
0: Uh, And you played, I'm trying to remember, jogging my memory, did you play both offense and defense?
1: Uh, I started on both offense and defense, so I did uh, wide receiver and then I did cornerback. But uh, as I progressed into high school i primarily just uh slipped into the defensive side and played cornerback
0: okay all right so your your skill level i'm going to ask you to rank yourself here be a little critical of yourself how would you describe like aaron stevens the football player the cornerback were you Really good in coverage. Were you better in zone, better in man? Were you a good blitzer, better against the run? How would you break yourself down? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah. I mean, truthfully, I was pretty terrible at football. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, No, I mean, uh, I couldn't see anything. I didn't have any contacts uh, and I had terrible eyesight and I couldn't wear my glasses. Um, So, I mean, I would say my coverage was okay, but uh, even if I was on the guy, even if I was on his hip there, I couldn't see the ball coming anyway. So uh, it was very last seconds reaction. Um, so running was definitely a little easier for me, but still even, you know, with the lack of sight, it made it a little bit challenging. Uh, those are kind of excuses. Ultimately, I really <laughs> wasn't that great. Well, uh, But I so enjoyed did- playing.
0: This is a true story that I'll share about myself really quick. You did a lot more in football than I ever did. So sixth grade year, I finally got the itch to actually play a sport. Before then, I really didn't care. Um, And so finally, sixth grade year, I was like, hey, you know what? Let's try out. Let's play football. So there was a city team that was in Modesto where I grew up, and they were the... Patriots I believe if I remember right I could be wrong I want to say they were the Patriots but anyway uh I told my mom I was like hey I want to go try out for this football team she's like uh you you sure because before then like I said I had like no interest shown whatsoever but she was like okay sure why not so I showed up for this football practice and it was one of those things where As long as you took the physical beforehand and you paid whatever, you know, entry fee, you could show up for this little tryout. And if you were good enough to make the team as a sixth grader, you made the team. Uh, So I showed up and I showed up. I showed up in my Brett Favre Green Bay Packers jersey because that was what I had as a kid. Because when I first started watching football, uh, you just kind of root for at least me. I just rooted for different players. I didn't really have a favorite team at that time. So I had a Brett Favre jersey. Uh, showed up for this tryout of my Brett Favre jersey, which the coaches made fun of me relentlessly for. Looking back on it now, that was really stupid. I shouldn't have done that. I think that's putting a huge target on your back when you show up for a football practice wearing a <laughs> pro's jersey. Uh, so we go through this entire practice, and at the end of it, I went back to the car and my mom was like, so what do you think? And I was like, I'm never coming back out here again. I hate this. All we did was run and I hate running. So that one day was my experience with football. Never played again. Never practiced again. Nothing. I was done after that one day.
1: That's nice, man.
0: Yeah, it's real great. Uh, Manny, I don't think I've asked you. Do you have any background in playing football at all?
2: Well, um, oh, wow. Now you're really making me go back to my days. First off uh welcome Aaron thank you for being a uh, part of the uh, mop squad pod um, I Absolutely. think uh, I think I think between uh, me and Nick and yourself I think we'll have lots of fun here and uh, um, f- first off as always uh, let's hope that everyone who listens to our great party here is safe and sound please so uh, you know keep doing what you've been doing or what you've been told you know wherever you guys live um all right so football Manny Chang let me see so last time I played football was high school. I played for two years, freshman year and sophomore year. Uh, Just as I was getting into varsity, uh, summer workouts, I injured my wrist, and I ended up actually breaking the bone. Mm. So that ended my football career pretty fast, pretty quick. I remember I promised my mom when I was 10 that I was going to buy her a boat and a house, and I was going to be one of the greatest football players to ever play the game. Yeah, didn't – quite go that way so um yeah it's tough out here it's tough out here pretty tough but Uh, um you know it was fun though because you know this great sport that we love to watch and talk about and be able to you know kind of break down you know it it gave me a whole perspective of yes i get it's high school level but for you just to be able to play the game and put on the pads and the helmet and go to the meeting rooms and talk about a scheme and talk about your opponent i think that part has always stayed with me um, you know, because whenever I watch games on professional or, or collegiate, because I like them both, um, I always put myself in that part of it and think, why, like, wow, like, you know, like, what is Bill Belichick telling Tom Brady at halftime that he sucked, that he only threw, you know, like 10 passes or something and he had no touchdowns or, you know, whatnot. So it's just those things or whatnot that always go through my mind.
0: Yeah. And just because you brought it up and I actually forgot about this until you mentioned it, you said you broke your wrist and that just reminded me you would think that it would be impossible to get injured playing flag football, but you would be wrong because also in my sixth grade year, this was like, I guess, where my athleticism peaked. Uh, also, sixth grade year, we were playing flag football in uh, for PE for middle school, and I went for a tackle, dove for the guy's flag, grabbed the flag, which was cool. However, comma, I came down, landed on my – I smashed my wrist between my sternum and the ground and i didn't break my wrist but it was like a really bad sprain or whatever it was um to where i needed to wear like a brace or a cat like a light air cast or something for a couple weeks and so that yeah so imagine me looking back at that now just being like oh my god dude how can you get hurt playing flag football are you serious but i did that was was how bad i was
2: you had a cat.
0: Yeah, it was, like, a air cast or, like, a wrap or something. Like I said, it wasn't a full-blown break, but it was to the point to where we did end up going to, like, urgent care or something like that. And they're like, yeah, you need to wrap this up and keep this on it for, like, a week or two, and then you'll be fine. And uh, I showed up to PE the next day with my little cast on, and my PE teacher was like, are you serious? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I swear to God. Like, I'm not making this up. Like, who gets hurt playing flag football? So... Me and the game of football, as far as me playing the game, that was just never gonna happen. It wasn't in the cards.
2: Well, to just Black wrap football. this up, at least for me, yeah. No, um, sorry, Aaron. Just one quick okay. thing on this. When it comes to my part, see, you had an air cast. I unfortunately decided to be macho man and I was like, you know what, I'm hurt. It's sprained. You know, I'll just put ice on it. I will put like a headband wrapping around it. You know, so here I am, a couple weeks later in the weight room trying to do 225 and. All of a sudden i can't even push off my chest and i'm looking at my wrist and i'm thinking to myself are you dead are you alive are you here today or something and i just couldn't lift it and the very next day i get an mri and sure and behold uh, i had snapped the i guess the joint or something in between the two bones between the finger bone and the wrist bone and the hmm. metacarpal itself was completely done so you know more like i believe it was two weeks later i had surgery and the doctor looked at me straight in the eye. and said, son, you lose your wrist because we couldn't insert a uh, screw. You might not be able to have a left wrist again. So uh, from that point on, I said, you know what? Let me stick to Madden. I'll be good there.
0: Jeez. <laughs> uh, Aaron, what'd you have?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to add to your little, um, your little flag, your flag football story there. I got to say, you know, you're not the only person that's gotten injured playing flag football. Oh, Those, I can't uh, wait to hear this. I, oh, I didn't get injured, but I'm just going to oh, say, damn you know, it. Okay. I, no, sorry, man. Um, I played in men, men's league as well as uh, intramural in college, just playing flag football for the fun of it. And um, I tell you, those guys get pretty intense. I've seen a couple fights break out. I've seen somebody dislocate their kneecap before. I've seen somebody oh my God. dislocate their shoulder before. I mean, so it can get kind of nasty playing playing that intense, intense game of flag football. So, you know, you, you're rolling your wrists a little bit. That's it. That is truly unfortunate that you've had some uh, some bad luck with your football <laughs> life with running yeah. and wrist spraining and everything. But yeah, black football can be <laughs> kind of dangerous.
0: Yeah, it sounds like the same kind of thing also happens uh, when we play softball. I don't know what it is about guys and playing like these beer league rule like games and leagues that take it like super serious. They literally ruin it for everybody. They're total oh, yeah. hardos. But anyway, um, before we move on to the draft and everything since you weren't here for the first couple episodes, Aaron, I'm just going to get your thoughts on a couple things just to kind of see where you're at. Um, when you heard the Rams had released Todd Gurley, didn't trade him or anything like that. They straight up just released him. What was your initial thought? What do you think of that move?
1: My initial thought was I was not surprised. Um, you know, I love my boy Todd Gurley. He was really freaking good, man. Uh, but, I mean, I think as everybody's kind of noticed over the last year or so, his uh, his gameplay's definitely slimmed down a lot. And, I, you know, I don't know if he's hurt from that knee or what's going on, but he's just – he's not that same explosive player anymore. He doesn't – you see him on the sideline, doesn't look like he's really having fun. He's not smiling or anything. Uh, he just looks like he's there, just, just working, putting it in. But um, I could definitely tell, like, something seems to be affecting him and uh it's it's kind of a i'm definitely disappointed to be losing him because he's a star player no matter. I mean, he's still one of the top running backs in the league, don't get me wrong. Um and they're going to be eating up a lot of that a lot of that money. I mean, they still owe him yeah. a, a ton of money, so that's just yep. an empty empty cap that they're they're paying him uh for releasing releasing him. So, I think the Falcons kind of got a little bit of a steal of a deal on him, but uh especially since they dropped uh, Devontae Freeman. Um, Yeah, I really wasn't I really wasn't surprised. I'm disappointed because I like Todd Gurley. Uh, But ultimately, I I wasn't surprised to see that move because I think the Rams, as you can tell, during the offseason, they've they've lost a lot of uh, a lot of players. And you got Jared Goff and you got Aaron Donald um, with huge contracts. Uh, And so with those guys being kind of locked down, I mean, they had to kind of make space for for some cap space by releasing some of these other guys.
0: Yeah, I definitely think if you're the Falcons, this is a, you know, buy low, sell high kind of thing. So for them, whatever production they get from Todd Gurley, I think you have to count as kind of a win because like you said, the last season, he just wasn't the same guy both on the sidelines and on the field. So I think if you're the Falcons, whatever you get from him is a is a big bonus, especially considering what they're paying him. I don't think they're paying him that much. I think it's a couple million or something like that, if I remember right, mm-hmm. Um and the next move that um, I guess was the biggest move after the, the girly release was uh, the team traded Brandon cooks um, to the Houston Texans. So what were your thoughts on that move?
1: Uh, you know, to be honest, I'm not a huge Brandon cooks fan to begin. Really? With. Okay. Uh, he's a speedy guy. Um, he's pretty solid, but um, you know, I've always kind of thought he was a little undersized and, And I felt like he's always been kind of hyped, primarily because of his speed.
2: Uh, Aaron, you you are speaking my language, man. I was trying to (laughs) tell this to Nick last week. I understood his point, but go, please continue. But I love it so far. Keep going, keep going. Thanks.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, um, I like Cooper Cup. Love him. Um, You know, I think they're going to definitely need to fill that void. That Brandon Cooks uh has over there. I like Robert Woods. Robert Woods is awesome. Um he's definitely stepped up as he's progressed in his professional career. Let's uh, not forget really, about
2: uh, the two clutch tight ends, man, with Everett oh, yeah, and I with, and yeah. with yeah. Bigby. I mean, yeah. I mean, listen, like those guys have yet, I feel, you know, personally, because you know, losing early and cooks, those create more targets for everybody else. And I and you know, I've been telling Nick that, and ever since we just started this running the football and being able to do play action is what the Sean McVay offense is about, you know, so.
1: No, absolutely, yeah. And yeah, losing that play action with Todd Gurley, it was quite frequent. And uh, yeah, I definitely think it's gonna have, it's gonna create more, more space for some of these other players, like you said, those tight ends to start stepping up a little bit. And Goff's gonna have to start moving the ball around a little bit different because, I mean, he's not gonna have that cushion of Todd Gurley anymore. Uh, so yeah i'm kind of curious to see how i'm definitely kind of curious to see how the draft goes this year to see who they pick up uh, because they need i think they're going to need that third option for receiver just just to have it in their back pocket but um yeah i'm kind of curious on on what round and who they might be 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 able to select there to replace brandon cooks
0: yeah so i definitely am a little bit more on the negative side of this i was a little bit more upset than you guys to see him go just because he is the speedy guy. I will agree with you. He is undersized as a wide receiver. Um, but as great as woods and cup are and, and Higby, I think is going to be, he's shown some pretty good flashes. Uh, I do worry that the offense doesn't have that speed threat that can take the top off so that's the only thing that i'm like i think people aren't understanding how important that could be to an offense because if you're not careful you could just get those situations where people are stacking the box and that could be an issue and i hope that's not the case i hope they find someone to replace him or mcveigh can come up with something to prevent things like that but uh yeah you guys are definitely on the Defense, where you're
1: like, eh, it's whatever. I was a little bit more upset about it. <laughs> um, I, mean, I agree. Like you, you have Brandon Cooks out there. He's going to be a threat, and the defense is going to is going to want to guard him, um, which is going to take their attention away from like a Cooper Cup and leave them leave them more available there in the mm-hmm. slot or, or mm-hmm. even Robert Woods off on the on the on the end there. So, um, I mean, having a Brandon Cooks is certainly um, an advantage because the defense do the defense does tend to draw towards his speed and he can take the take the defenders out deep and, you know, kind of leave that little bit of gaps for those shorter passes. Um, yeah, so we'll see what they can do to, to replace
2: this explosiveness. Okay. And, yeah, so, and real, go ahead, yeah, just something real quick that I actually thought about today, and um, Sam Weishow of NFL Network, he actually brought this up. Um, and I'm not trying to compare rival teams or whatnot, but when you look at San Francisco, Um, You can't really say, what you know, they had this one dominant player. I mean, they overall had an overall great offensive team-wise. When you had the running backs, you had the wide receivers. Yes, Debo Samuel came towards the end. And Emmanuel Sanders, yeah, he was traded for But he wasn't, you know, somebody that, you know, any D.C. would be like, okay, let's, you know, let's roll over to him when he spreads out wide and whatnot. And I kind of feel the same when it comes to this Rams offense coming up right now. There's not a particular guy, you know, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator and you're scheme-wising against the Rams, like, what are you going to probably say? You know, it's not like, well, there's Todd Gurley, negative. There's no more Brandon Cooks. So I truly feel that Sean McVay is going to have to out-scheme these, you know, these other teams, um, you know, this upcoming season. And I believe him and, you know, Shanahan are one of the best, two two best guys ever to ever do that when it comes to the offensive side of, you know, of being able to coach and being able to draw up things out of nowhere. So – um, you know, that's just something that I found it to be very interesting because I thought about it and I'm like, wow, he actually has a point because San Francisco had three, four running backs here and they, they had a great couple of tight ends, you know, that a great fullback that can catch and block and run. So maybe that's the way the Rams can kind of see it as, you know what, we don't got to have that guy that could spread the field here and there, but if we can have a multiple of contributors that can, you know, total team wise offensively, I think maybe that's the way that they should be going for it.
0: I certainly agree that if there's a coach that can draw up a good play or come up with a scheme, an offensive game plan, I do think Sean McVay uh, is one of those guys who could definitely, you could count on to do that. Him and Shanahan both are excellent when it comes to that. So uh, I hope you guys are right. I hope this doesn't come back to bite us too bad. Um, And then the last thing I'll ask you, and then we'll move on to the draft stuff. I think universally we all have the same sort of opinion, but I just want yours on record. What were your thoughts on the new logo that dropped? Are you okay with it?
1: Do you like it? Do you hate it? What are your thoughts? I hate it.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, no, good. I, I think it's glad ugly. to hear. It.
1: Um, I have told you this that already. Uh, it looks, it looks like the Chargers. Every time I see it, or I get confused because I automatically want things to Chargers. Uh, you know, I, <laughs> I would way much rather have them just keep the same logo they have now instead of change it you know, the players are saying that they like it, but ultimately I think they're just lying because. Oh yeah. I do too. Advised not to tell the truth. (laughs) Uh, no, I think, I think, yeah, I totally agree with you there. Yeah. I I don't think
0: any player on most teams is going to come just outright and say, yeah, this new logo really sucks. I don't, I don't know. I, I can't think of too many players that would have the I don't know, the balls to come out and do something like that. Maybe, like, Terrell Owens in his heyday or something, but I don't think there are too many players that would just come right out and be like, yeah, this new logo and everything really sucks.
1: So, yeah. all right, well,
0: at least the three of us were all on the same page, and I think uh, most of Rams Nation as a whole is kind of on the same page. So, we'll go ahead. We'll move on. Uh, The draft is coming up real quick. Draft is April 23rd. Next week. Yeah, yeah. so it's coming up here real quick. Um, there's been a lot of debate, I guess, whether this should even be happening right now because of all the circumstances that they're having to do it you know, under. But uh, just speaking from a sports fan, NFL fan perspective, I think we're all glad that it's happening because it gives us something to look forward to and something to watch. Um, so I know there's, there's always, when it comes to draft, there's always a bunch of storylines going on, whether that's who should teams be picking should trades be made like all that kind of stuff so let's just talk about maybe some storylines that you think are pretty interesting whether that's a mock draft you saw or your own just personal opinion on what you think a team should do I'm curious to see like where you guys are at with just some general sort of draft storylines like what you have your eye on so uh Manny I'll go ahead I'll start with you what do you have your eye on as far as like storylines right now
2: um, I guess like when you when I'm looking at the draft and it's so weird in a sense because you know normally you know it's been on Thursdays for the last what 15 20 years it's not normally on Saturdays anymore. When I was growing up, um, remember um, when I you know because I'm actually 32, so I, I would basically remember when the draft started on Saturdays at 12. So I knew you know just get prepared Friday Saturday Saturday at noon nobody bothered me it's all about me and the NFL draft now it's happening on Thursdays. For it to be uh, done virtually, it's going to be kind of weird Weird because, you know, we normally want to see the excitement of the fans being there. You want to see, you know, the players that have been called up to make the trip and, you know, and whatnot and to see where everything unfolds. But I guess a couple of storylines, you know, when you, when you, you know to answer that question is I, I don't think the actual storylines go around the players. I just feel it's about how the coaches and the GMs and, all the team's representatives are going to be, you know, they're going to have to be together somehow, whether it be in the same room or in Zoom or on a phone call, trying to make these picks because, you know what, I think I read a report that Roger Goodell will be, you know, calling the picks from his basement at <laughs> home in New York. I mean, wow. Yeah, I think that's, I saw that too. Yeah, that's that's just pretty insane. So, you know, I and, and, and I think it hurts a little bit for the players themselves because the whole point of you being able to get to this moment is to, you know, be able to showcase yourself, to be able to get out there, you know, and be like, wow, you know, like I worked so hard for this particular moment. And unfortunately with everything going on in the world, they're personally, they've, they've cut them short when it comes to that. Um, You know, so it's just basically the aspect on how each team is going to be, you know, I'm hoping that Snead and McVay, listen, I know we we don't have picks in the first round, um, but who knows? You got two picks basically almost next to each other in the second round was to say that the Rams don't trade those two to get, you know, to get a a first-round pick overall. And, you know, whatever ends up happening there, I just hope that, you know, um, you know, whoever's covering it, because I believe that's what, it's two networks, three networks covering it. Unfortunately, nobody can be, you know, anywhere together at a particular place to even, you know, like, how are trades going to happen, you know? How are, how is, you know, this team in the draft room is thinking about, you know, drafting this player. Well, who's going to know that? I don't know who's going to know that so I think that's the most like intriguing part of it all is that we don't know what to expect out of this we you know we just don't it's such different territory than than what any NFL fan or even a collegiate player has ever had to experience
0: Yeah, yeah I definitely Aaron agree. do you have anything uh going on like just that you've been seeing that you've been keeping an eye on at all
1: You know ultimately I definitely got to say I, I definitely feel for for the players they don't get to they don't get to experience the full NFL draft. Um, it, like that electricity of it, you know, having the fans there, being able to go up on stage, getting their name called. I mean, this is a moment that a lot of these top players have been potentially waiting for their whole life. They've been working for, and now they have to do it virtually, which you know, it just kind of takes away from that excitement factor. So I definitely feel, I feel for them on being able to lose out on that opportunity to, to have that experience. Uh, in, and I'm a little bit curious on how this draft's gonna work. I know I had heard some, some different, uh, some different stories. I think it was the ESPN I was listening to, and they were discussing how uh, there's the every NFL team's supposed to actually get together, have an IT group. Uh, they're gonna be doing a mock draft to kind of kick things off to make sure everything's operating appropriately before they actually do the real draft. Uh, i don't know the full extent of this mock draft if it's supposed to be make-believe players players from previous year i can't suspect that they would want to do a mock draft with uh with the current players in mind because you don't want to know what uh you don't want the other teams to know what kind of players you may be considering but um yeah i'm definitely curious to see on how this is going to kind of pan out see if there's any go- if there's going to be any of those technical issues or if it's going to be you know smooth going and uh i think there is going to be some challenges with kind of the the trading graphics or draining up any of that kind of stuff i i feel like there's definitely going to be some sort of um some technological kind of challenges uh i'm definitely curious to see how it's going to go i i, I don't suspect i feel like you got a lot of professionals out there there's a lot of money being spent i feel like it's going to probably go smoother than we think but um i'm excited for it either way i, I yeah, definitely, it's definitely going to gonna be, gonna
0: be weird. Yeah, and I had actually hadn't thought about it until you mentioned it, but you're right. The If you're a player and you've been waiting your whole life for this moment and now you're basically having to do this from just your couch somewhere and it's all kind of virtual, that's kind of tough. Maybe if you're not a first-round pick, it's not going to make a huge deal, but um, yeah, not being there in person And hearing like the roar of the crowd when your name is picked, uh, that's gotta suck. Like that's that Mm -hmm. feeling is it's like a once in a once in a lifetime opportunity, and now they're not going to get that. And if I remember right, from a couple months ago, they were showing some like sketches of what the draft stage was going to be like because it was going to be in Vegas, which is how cool is it to have the draft in Vegas? They were going to have right on the uh,
2: Elagio, right there. Yeah, right there on the water. Yeah, Yeah. so. Yeah. yeah,
0: so to have it go from what it was going to be and how cool that would have been and how great that would have looked on TV to now it's going to be, like you said, like Skype or Zoom or whatever. It's going to feel a little less than, but the fact that they're doing it still, like I said, is, is still cool. Um, me See, personally... But, oh, go well, ahead, Manny.
2: Yeah, no, just one quick thing. So now... What do the players do now? Do they buy five, six, eight types of hats from every team? Because you know, like, are they, like, because is the player going to be with the agent? Is the agent going to want to still have contact with the teams? I'm telling you, this is is it, something so unpredictable. And of course, we all know what surrounds this whole virtual connection. It's internet. It's Wi-Fi. So you know, God forbid, something ends up happening in a household where. You know, Chase Young gets drafted and his Wi-Fi goes down all of a sudden. And how how do you get in contact with him? (laughs) It's just those things that it's so unpredictable. It's going to be very odd to try to, you know, is Roger Goodell going to have a live feed from downstairs from his basement pronouncing the (laughs) pick? You know, that's what I want to
1: know. The person pronouncing the pick needs to make sure their Wi-Fi is really working.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And I'm sure that the teams are all going to have some different, um, you know, measures in place where – If their Wi-Fi goes down and they're on the clock and their time's about to expire and they can't put in their pick because their Wi-Fi went out, I'm assuming they've got backup plans where they can call someone else or they can text somebody. It's going to be interesting to see because I would imagine at some point during the weekend, something like that's going to happen where some... some pick, some team is going to be on the clock, and their timer is going to expire, and we're all going to be sitting there going, "Oh my god, they didn't get their pick in time! What idiots!" And then it's going to come out that their Wi-Fi went out, or they had a power outage, or something happened. So it that's going that to be, make- yeah, no, that would be <laughs> bad. Uh, that would be bad.
2: You gotta,
1: um, what they gotta do is just do what they do for fantasy football, right? It's got all the college players listed out there, and then just put that, put that time up, and have the, the NFL teams get on like it's a fantasy football bad. draft.
0: Mm -hmm. it might um so one thing
2: (laughs) one thing that i was unbelievable what what you know we've it's just it's unprecedented it's unexplainable Uh, uh, go ahead nick i'm just i'm just trying to picture literally how next thursday is gonna go and i still don't i don't know how i just don't know how to accept it yeah i
0: don't even know (laughs) if they know yet to be honest like they're a week out i don't even know if they know um so oh, yeah, like I said, it's they're going to be in be... that
1: mock draft. So I'm hoping they kind of figure out all their the before then.
0: Yeah, I would hope so. Um, So, one thing that I saw that I just thought was kind of interesting I'm not a huge mock draft guy because I it's huge in exact science, but something to talk about. I thought it was pretty interesting. CBS Sports did their uh, mock draft 4.0 that they released. I think this was Monday or Tuesday. <laughs> And I took a peek at it just to kind of see where everyone was at, and I was pretty surprised by some of the picks. So there was a couple of picks I just wanted to bring up just to kind of get your guys' thoughts. Um, they had Miami trading with Cincinnati, picks one and five. So Miami moved to one, and Cincinnati moved to five. And with the first pick, they had the Dolphins taking Joe Burrow. Uh, I personally do not see that happening at all. I think that's crazy. Um, I haven't even heard anything about the Dolphins liking Burrow, but I'll defer to you, Manny, because you mm-hmm. live in Miami, so mm-hmm. if anyone has heard anything, it would probably be you. Are the Dolphins even in on
2: Burrow at all? Most of the talk, Nick, has been the Dolphins going after Justin Herbert. Now, that doesn't um, give do- a lot of Dolphin fans a lot of uh, happiness into their ears, um you know they've all wanted to uh you know from the get-go and i still believe it will be tour of course during this whole process you know now you can't really go meet with people you can't really have a conversation face to face you basically got to do everything over the phone you got to do everything over social media so I'm, I'm thinking that you know these are all smoke screens it has to be you know it's one way for fans to you know go on the websites to create you know money for for top networks it's it's one way to create the chatter growing, but I don't, you know, when it's all said and done, I don't think the Dolphins will be this, you know, I don't want to say dumb because we've, you know, well, me being here in Miami, I've seen them do a lot of dumb things, um, but I don't think uh, Coach Flores and Chris Greer, their GM is, you know, will be that blinded and going ahead and losing two picks in the first round of just to move up for Joe Burrow. Um, I still think it's Tua, um, but I, again, um, I'm hearing more Herbert, than Burrow at this point. Um, unfortunately, a lot of Dolphin fans, like I previously said, are not in a good mood about that.
0: I Yeah, I saw that move, and I just thought that was crazy. I, I don't see the Dolphins making that move at all. And then what made it, I guess, even more weird was, like I said, in this mock draft, the Bengals went from one to five. And with their fifth pick, they took offensive tackle Jedrick Willis Jr.
2: And that makes no sense t- either.
0: <laughs> yeah like yeah that was the other thing that i was like wait a minute this, uh, this makes even less sense because the Bengals are I, I don't yeah i don't want to s- call them a dumpster fire that sounds a little mean but um you need a quarterback um taking a tackle i think if you did that the fans might go to the stadium and try to literally set it on fire and burn it down um especially because joe burrow is literally a, the local guy he's from ohio uh we saw what he did with LSU and winning the championship and setting records. um, It's like right there in front of them. And if they were to do something like this, trading out of the one spot and then not even taking a quarterback at all, I, that just kind of blew my mind. Um, And so I'll wrap it up with this. I'm not going to spend too much time on mock drafts, but the other thing I saw that was interesting, and this will kind of pique your interest, Aaron was in this mock draft, the Las Vegas Raiders traded with the Cardinals and moved up and selected Tua as their pick. So I know there's been the past couple of years, a lot of unrest and discourse with amongst Raiders fans with is Derek Carr, the guy. Um, so I'm curious in your opinion, you're, you know, like you said, Raiders Rams, those are your teams. So where would you fall on this? Are you pro Derek Carr do you like Tua? Like, what would you say if this happened?
1: Uh, you know, I like Tua, but uh, I like Derek Carr a lot, too. Um, I mean, I feel like Derek Carr's stats kind of speak for themselves. Uh, he's been one of
2: the more accurate. Wow, that's it? You're not backing him up or anything? Okay. No, no, know. no, no. I want the Raiders that.
1: to say. I want the Raiders to stick with uh, with Derek Carr. I'm, t- I'm kind of tired of this back and forth. They just signed Marcus Mariota, which I'm not too... Yeah, uh, so
2: that was my other question then uh, to you, um, Aaron. So to have in the quarterback room Derek Carr, a starter, Marcus Mariota, a previous starter, and then you're going to draft Tua? I'm sorry. There's just yeah. too many quarterbacks in that room to, be even, they, to even think about trading for Tua or picking yeah. him. Sorry. And
1: they they're gonna be paying Marcus Mariota a bundle of money too to be a potential backup quarterback. Um, so to have a third quarterback come in rookie, uh, draft up for a quarterback like that, as it doesn't make sense to me to to pick up Marcus Mariota, give him a give him a big chunk of change, and then um, you know draft to try to get up earlier to pick up another quarterback. Where I think. I think they need a lot of help on their defensive end and I think Derek Carr needs some wide receivers to throw it to. Uh so I really ought I think that's where they need to put their focus towards is the linebacker unit and then maybe get him a get him a star wide receiver to to start throwing it to. Um so I wanna stay with I wanna stay with Derek Carr. Um I don't want him to okay. I don't want him to pick up uh if they pick up a quarterback in the first round, I'd be pretty disappointed. Um Okay. I want to pick up a linebacker
2: <laughs>
0: okay so, uh yeah. so we'll go and move a little bit more towards a little bit Ram's focus um the Rams, like Manny said, have two picks in the second round and they're pretty close to each other it's fifty two and fifty seven uh so Manny, I'll go ahead and ask you you're just just say you you're less need for this situation
2: mm-hmm.
0: what would you do? With those two picks? Are you keeping them? Are you going to trade back and get more picks? Are you trying to trade for a player? Are you trying to trade up in the first round? What would you do with those two picks?
2: If I was in charge of those two picks, it'd be quite simple for me. I would try to see what a team would give me, first of all, if I give them my first two round picks, because I could do that somehow, some way. I'd probably say get in around the 20s or whatnot. I know for sure I could get a starter immediately. Um, obviously for me, my biggest need is middle linebackers. We've said it for the last couple of weeks, Nick, on our pod that we have four or five guys that have combined 14 starts only in the league now that Corey Littleton has moved on to Vegas. So that to me is the must need on this football team without a question. Um, you know, when you look at the top prospects of, of of inside linebackers, you have Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma, you got Patrick Green from LSU, you got Jacob Phillips, um, another guy from LSU, but I don't know if you guys know about this, but um, I watch a lot of Ohio State, I am an Ohio State fan when it comes to college football, and there's one guy that hasn't been um, talked up a lot, but I, I, I'm, i now I'm, when I'm looking at most mock drives, they're, kind of calling his name for the second round, maybe third round, is Malik Harrison. Um, This is a linebacker that ran a 4.66 40-yard dash at the Combine. His vertical jump was 36. He's 6'3", 247 pounds. Now, what that tells me is the man can run sideline to sideline. Not only that, though, um, he's not big and bulky like like most middle linebackers are, but neither was Corey Littleton last time I checked. And Corey Littleton was just a ball hogger. I mean, the man... You know, there wasn't many tackles for losses, but Corey course it was just absolutely everywhere on the football, wherever it was. Um, just to give you a couple of stats on Malik Erickson, um, he had the most tackles at Ohio State last season uh, for a total of 75, and 49 were the to team with solo tackles. So you can tell that this man, this player right here in Malik Erickson, his nose was all over the field, um, wherever the football was. And a quick note on that, most of the plays on defense for the Buckeyes – were in dime and in nickel so you know for most of us that you know go into the whole film room and stuff that's that's one less um linebacker out on the field and that's basically an extra slot cornerback or whatnot so there's a lot a lot of speed on the field and that to me is the type of guy that you know if he's sitting up there you know like the guy's a quality starter for the last three seasons you know there's no questions about his work ethic it's there um, one more name I wanted to bring up, though, is um, I did see him play a lot here in Miami. Shaquille Corderman. Um, you know, we all know about the Manny style defense at Miami. You know, pressure the quarterback, 4-3, let's create havoc. Um, you know, I've seen this man for the last four years here in Miami. Nothing but effort, nothing but tenacity, uh, fearness. Like, the man, you know, he, is, he, he was the leader for that defense the last four years. You know, he was basically the Corey Littleton you know, of the defense, getting into play calling from, you know, coach Phillips and whatnot and making sure that everybody was set. So if I had those two picks, those are the two guys I would go after. Um, PFF has Malik Harrison ranked number nine overall, and they have Shaquille Quarterman ranked at 15th. But yet again, I'm looking at these two guys because I've seen them in person and I've seen them, you know, for most of their college career. Um, you know, I'm not a college football guy expert or whatnot, but if I was Sneed, these are the two guys that I would immediately pick up with my two picks, knowing that they could be the staple of this defense um, from here on forward for the L.A. Rams franchise.
0: Okay, and so the second name you said, you said it was Quarterman? Was that what it was?
2: Yes, sir. It's Shaquille Quarterman.
0: Okay, I'm. you're more of a college football guy than I am. Uh, mm-hmm. What position does he play? I didn't Middle catch linebacker that. as well. Oh, okay, so you have yes. them at 52 and yeah, 57 sorry. taking a couple of linebackers.
2: Okay?: I, Yes, I know it sounds complete craziness. I know we need uh, linemen and whatnot, but to me, like I can't just go into an NFL season and having you know four or five guys with a combined 14 starts and where you've seen them already in the NFL, and they haven't really made a name for themselves. I mean, this is a part, this is a situation that you put yourself in. You know, You could have signed Corey Littleton if we had that extra money. You didn't. You let him go for, what, was it a three-year deal? And it wasn't even that high. So, you know, a new defensive coordinator, he's going to need to find his guys that he can trust, his guys that he can actually be able to scheme around. And I feel like, you know, this, to me, this draft is going to be defensive heavy. And you know, that's where I see it. I see it mostly at the linebackers.
0: Well, if it were me personally, I mean, I wouldn't hate that move. I'm sure a lot of fans would probably hate it. Um, But Hey, that's why I asked you to put your less need hat on. It's whatever you think. Everyone views the team in different, you know, stages. So, that's fine. Uh, Aaron, you are the GM. You got these two picks, 52 and 57. What would you do with them?
1: Oh boy. All right, so I don't watch college football that often, but um, you know, after losing Corey Littleton, I got to agree they they got to focus a little bit on the linebacker to uh to, to kind of fill in his position um you know i've been looking i've been looking at the, the mock drafts a little bit uh one of the guys i was interested in uh, he comes out of l s u uh he, you know i am not hundred percent certain he's gonna be he's gonna be available at the that second round at fifty two pick but um you know there's another guy too at the i think wide receiver mark they need to get as well in the second round so i'm kind of thinking linebacker wide receiver um here give me a moment yeah okay so here we go patrick queen lsu uh i was trying to get some of his uh his his draft profile up here so i can get get it to you guys so, I mean, we're looking at a guy, I mean, he's six foot, 229 uh, pounds. Uh, his 40-yard dash is four and a half seconds. So, I mean, he's a, he's a speedy guy. He get back and forth across the field. Uh, I mean, we're looking for somebody that's going to be able to cover, you know, running backs, tight ends, and I think with that kind of speed he got, you got somebody. And, and also coming from LSU, he's he's got that winner's mentality. Um, I think – if we're looking at not trading up and sticking with the second round and a 52 pick, a guy like Patrick Queen, I mean, I think he's going to be a solid guy for uh, for the Rams there. And then, you know, kind of jumping into that second pick, I mean, they got – they could use some help at the wide receiver. Um, I mean, Josh Reynolds is kind of their third target right now. And uh, I kind of like him. I kind of don't. Uh, he hasn't had any real – uh, moments of flashiness to me, to where I can see him being a a good star receiver. But um, you know, to be honest, like I said, I'm not big on college football. I can't really give you too uh, too much of an input as to who might be a good fit in the second round in regards to that. But uh, I definitely, no, but Aaron, but it's a very to-
2: yeah, yeah, no, but it's a very deep um, draft when it comes to wide receivers. I guess, I guess, listen, there's a lot of guys that are ju- that are you know. Cups. There are a lot of woods, great route runnings and stuff like that. But you can't say that when it's the Rams' turn to pick that there's a Brandon Cooks out there. There just isn't. And you know, it's just like I said. I truly believe this offense is going to have to win as a unit. It's going to have to win with you know being able to get you know those crucial five yards or less for first downs and being able to be able to do that play action pass. You know, um, if we can somehow get a T Higgins dropped in the second round, hey. I'm all in for it, man. You know, we saw him at Clemson in the championship games and whatnot against Ohio State. Or before, the man can clearly run and can can split safeties. But I don't think those guys will be available. Which then, you know, now you got to break it down a little bit and be like, okay, you know, we got to do different schemes and whatnot. But you know, as far as wide receivers go, there's plenty of guys out there that you know that even when it's when it's time for the Rams to pick if they wanted to go, you know, that route, you know, they could do it with, you know, no, like, you know, with no worries or not because they know that particular position in the draft is pretty deep.
0: Um, So I don't think this is where I'm at on the Rams draft. Um, If I'm less need, uh, I trade those two picks and I get down into the first round. Um, I oh. certainly don't think, I certainly don't think that this is actually going to happen. This is a pipe dream.
2: Um, <laughs> Damn. Okay. I got, yeah. I was- I was so excited, Nick. (laughs) You basically told me the end of the movie. Okay, thanks. (laughs) This,
0: this is this is literally me just trying to like.
2: You got me so excited. Well, you know, this is just a dream thing. I'm like, no, come on. It
0: is. I don't think it's actually going to happen. And I
1: think Aaron would
2: Tell us tell us who's that one guy in the draft that that man crush of yours. Who is your man crush? Cuz I'm pretty sure if you trade away two picks is to get one in the first round. So who's that man crush for you Nick?
0: I would love to get Kenneth Murray. Um oh, I okay. and I know Aaron isn't going to like this because in no, my scenario <laughs> in my it. scenario I have the Rams trading their two second rounders for the Raiders first round pick, the Raiders have two first round picks actually, but um, the one that I particularly am looking at is the Raiders have the 19th pick. And I would love for the Rams to trade up to that and actually take Kenneth Murray in that position. And I know based on what Aaron said earlier, he would much rather, I think the Raiders draft a linebacker in Kenneth Murray, someone like that. So um, I just personally feel like, We have no interior linebackers that we can really count on right now. Like you said earlier, Manny, um, I would love to see Kenneth Murray, um, come in, be a starter and see what he can do. He looks from what I can tell, he looks to be super talented. Uh, like I said, I'm not a huge college football guy, but from what I have seen clips and tape and things like that, he seems like he's got, uh, a lot of speed. He hits hard, uh, covers a lot of ground, uh, kind of, in the mold of what Corey Littleton did for this defense. He, he was the coverage linebacker that could play sideline to sideline and he didn't miss any tackles. Um, and the reason I'm even throwing this out there is because if I'm the Raiders, this is, this is how I would sell it to Mike Mayock. If I'm the Raiders, I would be like, Hey, you just signed Corey Littleton. You don't need a premier young linebacker. You just got Corey Littleton for three years. We, on the other hand, need linebacking help bad. So that's how I would try and spin zone that to Mike Mayock and try and get those that pick. Um, uh, I, like I said, w- whether that really happens or not, I don't know. Uh, a little bit on Murray, just kind of a general profile. Guys, 6'2", 241. 40-yard dash was 4.52. Did 21 reps of the bench press. That's at 225. Uh, vertical jump, 38 inches. Broad jump, 129. Uh, some of the strengths and weaknesses that have been noted on his profile uh playmaking speed got that very decisive willing to take chances got that runs and moves like a safety in space got that so good there some weaknesses needs to temper urgency with additional patience so essentially what they're saying there is just sometimes he can jump the gun a little bit too much so it just needs to kind of read and react a little bit more there um basically his desire to make plays sometimes clouds his judgment on some angles and things like that. So I'd rather have a guy that maybe has too high of a motor than not high enough of a motor. So if we just have to rein him back a little bit, I'm totally cool with that. Um, again, do I think this is something that's actually going to happen? No, probably not. But if if I could do this, I would love that move. That's just me personally.
2: Well, Nick, to give you a little bit more uh, more background on Murray, which actually, actually, you know, I'm thing- you know good thing we have google we have technology actually google his stats last two seasons and wow i'm amazed 155 total tackles in 18 102 tackles in 19. now i know you guys don't watch a lot of college ball, but, but i do but we don't need to know what the big 12 does a lot and that spread offense is everywhere so for this man to be able to create this amount of tackles and still lead his team that's pretty damn impressive very impressive because he could rock. Because he could basically cover the whole field, sideline to sideline. Now his weakness. Listen, isn't that the case for most rookies, though? It's, it's especially talented rookies. You know, like once you get, in, you know, once you get your feet, you know, your first steps into an in, into an NFL facility, and you play preseason games. Listen, as time goes on, if those are his weaknesses, oh man, this man's gonna be a heck of a player. Because as time goes on. He's going to get better at being able to reroute running and to be able to make, you know, those those quick, uh, those quick, you know, how do, how do I say it anyway? Those um those quick steps to a play without having to think about it again, because he's seen it already on tape, you know. And man, if you can have a middle linebacker like that in a Rams defense with already Brockles with with Brockers and Aaron Donald up front, I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, usually speeding the speed of the game and adjusting to the speed of the game is usually the biggest hurdle for rookies. So if that's the only thing that he really has to overcome, then like you said, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be an immediate impact player. So, And like you said, with the surrounding cast that's already on the Rams defense, he doesn't need to come in and be a pro bowler. He just needs to come in and be better than what they had before, which I think he could be somewhat close to that level. And I certainly think he'd be better than what they have now. So that would be me. That would be what I do. Um, wrapping up on draft coverage. It's like we had mentioned, it's going to be a little bit different this year. Um, it used to be ESPN had their own broadcast NFL network had their own broadcast this year. They're actually combining their efforts and they're just going to be one broadcast. Um, all three days of the draft are going to be available on ABC ESPN, NFL Network, ESPN Radio, ESPN Deportes, and all their digital staff and um, outlets as well. Um, same sort of structure that they've had the past couple years with Thursday being day one, day two, Friday, day three being Saturday. Uh, so that part still kind of staying the same. The times are pretty much staying the same. They're doing the uh, primetime slot for Thursday, so that's going to be... 8 p.m. to 11:30 p.m. Eastern. Day two is going to be 7 p.m. to 11:30, and then Saturday is going to be 12 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, basically, all the normal characters that we see on draft coverage are, are still going to be there. Um, Trey Wingo is going to be the primary host, and he's going to be doing that out of the Bristol studios for ESPN. And they're going to have all their normal guys. Mel Kiper Jr. is going to be there. Lewis Riddick's going to be there. Um, We even get Rich Eisen. He's still going to be there. Adam Schefter is going to be there. Ram's great. Kurt Warner, he's going to be there. So they're trying to make it, it looks like, as normal, quote unquote, as possible. So that's good. I mean, we're going to be tuning in and it's going to be kind of a wild ride because we don't know what we're getting because it's all sort of digital. But for the most part, they're trying to keep it as normal as possible. Um do you guys – I'm just curious since we're on the subject. Do you guys have any sort of favorite draft analyst? Because there seems to be guys that are very pro-Mel Kuyper. Some guys are pro-Todd McShay. Do you guys have any sort of preference on any of that stuff?
2: I mean, when it comes to me, I've always enjoyed um, the Raiders GM, Mike Mayock. Um, you know, him and – him and Chris Davis to me both um, have a very good breakdown whenever I watch it on TV, you know, they're able to tell me right away, what I'm looking at, what to anticipate and what to question. And that's one of the things that, yes, um, I've, I've been that guy that has been watching path of the draft since, I don't know. I, I feel like it's been years now. Um, you know, but those two guys I really, really enjoyed. So when Mike Mayock was snatched by the Raiders, I was kind of like, ah, okay. One less guy. Um, you know, now, at this point, I really don't have a preference, to be honest with you. I just see, um, basically, where the chips fall. If one guy has a much better thing than the other, I think just Mel Kuyper has just run out on me. Um, in the beginning of my you know life, when I watched this whole thing happening, I, I enjoyed Mel Kuyper to the point, but you know, now, to me, him and Tom McShay are just, I don't know. I just feel like it's the same thing over and over again.
0: Yeah. Mel Kuyper's been doing it for a really long time. Uh, Aaron, do you have any sort of favorite or any guy that you go to for any of your draft knowledge? I do not.
1: (laughs) No? As long as he, he, you know, um, he speaks clearly and he's got a very comforting voice. Uh, No, I have no idea. I don't (laughs) care at all.
0: You're just the presentation guy. I'm good with that. That's cool. Yeah, I don't know uh,
1: about college football, so yeah. I just like when the players get into the NFL, then I start uh, providing my judgment at that moment.
0: Yeah, no, I'm not far from that myself. Trust me. There's a lot of, I'm going to say at least half or more than half of the first rounders that get called. I'm. I've never heard of them before. Um, unless I specifically look up someone or something like that when it comes to college prospects, uh, I'm right there with you. It's, it's not my forte. So I rely on a lot of those guys to kind of tell me what I'm looking at. And generally I feel like the past couple of years I've been leaning more towards uh, Todd McShay. um, But I don't have like a personal favorite or anything like that. Um, Last bit of stuff uh, we'll cover here. We noted on the last podcast, I think it was the last podcast, that uh, the Rams no longer have Greg Zerline. He's now with the Cowboys. So they had a hole at kicker, and we were all kind of under the impression at the time that the Rams were just at some point going to draft a kicker. Um, That's actually not the case, it looks like, because they just signed two kickers. Um, One of them is going to be a guy who was uh, with the – CFL, the other guy is going to be coming from the XFL. RIP. Um, so the guy from the CFL, I'm probably going to butcher his name. Uh, Don't worry. Hajra
2: Alu or, I, yeah, I, can't share with you. I couldn't believe yeah. the uh, thing, you know, like and then and then I, listen, I, I i thought that career Baja Biamila was tough to pronounce. <laughs> yeah, this okay. other name I've never, never pronounced.
0: Yeah. This is just going to be like another TJ Hushmanzada for me. Um, exactly. so hey, you got that one down. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I've got yeah, that one. Down. 10 years. Practice.
2: Uh,
0: yeah. And then the other kicker, the XFL kicker, uh, is Austin McGinnis. Um, so he's actually coming from the Dallas renegades. Um, Liram is coming from the Toronto Argonauts, just a little bit on some of these guys. Um, cause I'm assuming they're basically just going to do a kicker competition. Um, once camp opens up and it's going to be between these two. Um, he, uh, Liram actually helped the Argonauts win the 105th gray cup in 2017. So a little bit of championship experience there. That's good. Uh, made the game winning field goal, um, like that, like that. Um, it was a 32 yarder. So maybe not a hard field goal, but with the pressure of, you know, winning the championship on the line, a, he came through, um, He finished the season making 49 of 61 uh, and he went two for three in the playoffs during that run. So it looks like he's got some experience under his belt. And like I said, he's got some championship pedigree there. So that's good. Um, The one bit of note that I saw that I thought was pretty interesting. He actually wasn't just the kicker for the team. He also doubled as their punter, which that's crazy to me that he did both. Uh, Honestly, when I think about it, I don't know why more teams don't do that because you could save a roster spot if you had just one kicker. Oh, no,
2: you're not getting rid of my Johnny Hecker. You're not doing that, sir. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, no, thankfully. I'll that. that's not I'll a, do that. Not a, you got, on the you team. got rid of Fossil. Okay, it is what it is, but you're not getting rid of my man, Johnny Hecker. As all hey, you say. Yeah, no. You
1: never know. <laughs> it's always nice to have that yeah, backup. Thankfully.
0: <laughs> yeah, so thankfully. Punter isn't like a position of need for the Rams, but pretty interesting that he can actually do both. So if something does happen, maybe the Rams decide, hey, instead of you know signing another punter taking up that spot on the roster, we could just have him step in and he can double as our punter. Um, He actually going to have the same
1: leg as Greg, though.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that that? I I don't know. Maybe Um, better accuracy. That's probably a
1: little bit. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Uh, so he finished his career with uh, an average of 44.1 yards per punt, and he actually had a long of 83. So he's got some talent there. Um, So, yeah, so we'll see. Just something kind of cool to know. Um, The short-lived XFL, uh, McGinnis was the top kicker in the XFL. He made all 10 of his field goal attempts, um, and he led the XFL in touchbacks. So – He's got some. Were they
2: also kicking from the thirty-five?
0: Uh, so I think so. That sounds about right. I know their kickoff rules were a little bit different. Yeah, Um, because I'm here
2: trying to remember, but I know they had so many rule changes as well that, no offense, I think after the first week, I just gave up on it.
0: Yeah, they, if I remember right, they their kickoffs were further away because they didn't want touchbacks; they wanted people to return the ball. So the fact that he still got four. I mean, he must have a hell of a leg on him. He's only 24 years old, so he's, he's still really young. Um, so I would assume the team's bringing him in to kind of be that like power leg guy just to be like, hey, can you kick a 60 yarder? Can you kick a 65 yarder? Um, so I we guess we'll see where this goes. It sounds like they've got some decent options available. Um, obviously, yeah, they no. still going to be kind of attached to Greg Zerline, but.
2: Yeah, no, but I, I, I think the Rams here, they got this one right. Not just bring one guy. Let's go ahead and bring two. Listen, the best thing that a player can give you is, you know, being able to show you what he can do under pressure and being able to have one position with two guys competition in the, in this, in this league is always a must regardless, because you want to be able to have the best ones. And, you know, me, I've always been that guy that's saying that kicking does matter, whether it be touchbacks, whether it be kicking, you know, five, six field goals in a game, you know, those are points. Those are extra possessions that you can get points on the board. So, I'm perfectly fine with this move. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, hopefully we have a training camp where these two can battle it out. Best of luck to both, you know, but, you know, I, I have no issues with with Snead or the Rams on this one. I thought they made the right choice in bringing two guys in. And you know what? May the best man win. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Um, before we kind of wrap everything up, Manny, this is your time to shine. I'll give you the floor. Do you have anything that you wanted to talk about in particular? Anything catch your eye this week?
2: Um, no, my friend's just here waiting for the draft. Um, you know, it's, you know, more than a, a week or so coming up. We're already, you know, we're still trying to figure out, listen, we, we already know there's no off season program happening. Um, I saw a re- a report today that maybe the NFL de- decides to play less games. I mean, listen, there's so many scenarios out there, but then, you know, are the players going to agree to this? You know, are they going to agree to leave their families? Are they going to agree to go do you know this whole well. That we're gonna stay in a hotel in a specific hotel for quite periods of time. You know, knowing that your family's not with you. So, you know, we're we're gonna basically have to see how this all plays out. Um, besides that, not much. Um, guys, please make sure to follow the pod on Twitter, Mob Pod, um, Squad Pod. Excuse me. Also follow my man Nick here at Week Sauce Thirteen. You can follow me also on Twitter at Manny VCB Twenty Four. Aaron, I don't know if you have a Twitter account or anything like that. You want the uh, the folks to know out there.
1: I do not, but apparently I need to get one.
2: Yes, yeah, go well, ahead and do that. <laughs> we'll, we'll have to that. get
1: you on
0: we'll get you on the Twitter train, man. It's a fun Sweet, ride. Man. I hear it's great. Um, yeah, so,
2: yeah, so be uh besides that guys, please make sure to follow our Twitter, uh Rams Nation LAX. Um our second round of the all-time best St. Louis LA Rams uh bracket madness has finally uh finally been posted. Second round voting will begin on Friday. And again, to everyone that's replied and want to bash me for putting Eric Dickerson at number 10. Guys, try to remember, this was not done by seating. I just decided to put everybody on the left side, everybody on the right side. It wasn't, and you know, I didn't put Jared Goff one on purpose and Eric Dickerson at number 10. So that's all <laughs> I got say about that situation. <laughs>
0: Uh, Aaron, before we get out of here, anything on your mind that you wanted to hit on
1: specifically? Uh, yeah, I saw an article from, uh, ESPN. It looks like Jared Goff's looking at renegotiating his contract. So maybe he'll take a little bit of a pay cut, which I think is necessary. Yeah, I I saw that
0: as well. Um, he did express the, I guess, desire or the interest, however you want to phrase it, that, if he was approached about restructuring his deal, that he would be open to it, which I would hope so, because oh, I would assume shoot. he's looking
2: at the How did I forget that? Damn! Yeah, I, know. We have, I just talked about. I totally forgot. You know, I, I'm here. I'm the guy that tweeted out for the Rams Nation account that that happened here. I didn't even bring that up. My quick thing on on that though is this: for for all the Rams fans, they're saying, "Oh, well, this could have not happened earlier. Oh, well, this could have not ha- have happened. You know, like you know, before free agency." oh, no, well, this ain't going to matter because we have to pay Jared Goff later on in his career, which is correct, but try to realize it. This is, to me, uh, this is going to benefit the team as long as they don't create, you know, the issues that they did in the past that's hurting them now, which was the Todd Gurley contract, which is the way that it was constructed, the Brandon Cooks contract, the way it was constructed, and the Jared Goff. Goff contract, listen, he's our quarterback. He's the man. He's a man that's going to be here for quite some time. You know if he's willing to do that right now to open up space, you're gonna pay him regardless towards the end the point the the whole thing is you don't want the same mistake to happen now as it did back then because then obviously it hurts the team itself in the cap and of course in free agency down the line
0: yeah I think we've seen just recent history certain teams that devote way too much you know of their cap space to one player it really hamstrings the whole team as far as what moves they can and can't make so it sounds like Goff has kind of taken a step back and looked and realized that his contract may hamper the team long term and we know coming up we've got some contracts that are going to be coming to cup we got a contract that Jalen Ramsey is going to be looking for so uh, going forward we're definitely going to need to do some restructuring and and figure out some magic with the cap and some contracts. So, good to know that he it sounds like he's on board with the restructure um cuz certainly the way it's at now I I think that could be a big big problem um if you're a Rams fan that wants to keep guys like Cooper cup and Jalen Ramsey.
1: So, absolutely. Um, and you know to, okay. to be honest, I don't feel like I mean, I like Jared Goff, but uh what he what the Rams are paying him, I don't think he's worth that. I mean, you look like an Aaron Donald. His performance, is he's stellar each year. Uh, he's one of the best players in the league each year. Jared Goff, uh, it's kind of hit or miss uh, for me. I don't think he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league by far. I think he's kind of in the middle of the pack, but he's got a huge contract. And um, and for him to re- be willing to renegotiate that contract, I don't think is uh, is a bad thing. And I think that's... I think it's good character from him to kind of want to have the opportunity to have a better team to kind of uh, renegotiate that. So so the Rams could potentially bring in uh, better players or have the opportunity to bring in better players. So, yeah, I'm kind of curious to see how that, how that kind of pans out and, and what kind of comes from it. But, uh, hey, so I don't know if you guys have seen Fanatics. Are you familiar with Fanatics?
2: Uh, I've heard Absolutely. of it. I make purchases right. every week. Dude, there's
1: this, there's this thing called the All In Challenge at Fanatics. There is a ton of opportunity to buy opportunities to to do various things. So let me give you a little bit of a backstory. This All In Challenge it's to it's a fundraiser to help provide food to those in need, such as kids, elderly, or, or any like military heroes, such things like that. Um, to kind of give you a little bit of an insight there's either you can you can either bid they have different options for uh bidding for things one item is uh tampa bay buccaneers home opener invite by tom brady the opening bid's fifty thousand. so if you're rich you can do that oh jeez uh <laughs> there's right also on there's also the opportunity to design and call a play at a philadelphia eagles preseason game you can enter. Ooh, I like that <laughs> yeah. idea right there. I was gonna say, I think I Manny like, would be I, on board. With I that.
2: would love that right there. Are you kidding me? Oh, <laughs> pre <laughs> preseason, man. I don't them for a training <laughs> camp <of> practice. <laughs> spider
0: 2Y banana. You got to
1: call that play.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, John Gruden and Staple right
1: there. <laughs> you get 10 entries for $10. Uh, for 200 or for uh 100, you get 200 entries. Um, you could, uh, they have the opportunity to be on the cover of sports illustrated. That's kind of, oh, wow. yeah. So, I mean, there's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a cool thing. I mean, it's, um, it's an opportunity to donate some money, which I think it's for, for a good cause. But you also have this opportunity to do something kind of cool, kind of inspirational for a, a lot of sports fans. Or, I mean, there's even things like being Kevin Hart's next movie, right? So there's a bunch of different subjects uh, you can kind of donate your money to in hopes of of winning so definitely check it out it's on fanatics it's called all in
0: challenge
1: Uh, and uh i really
0: i I like that uh especially since yesterday i got my little stimulus check so thank you u.s government for that now i know what i'm going to spend it on (laughs) uh i'm going to see if i can go to a bucks game and hang out with tom brady the goat uh, I'd be totally Shh. down with that. Get uh, tuck
1: <laughs> he would never be the goat. Yeah. For the tuck <laughs> uh, well, I think we've pretty much
0: covered everything we wanted to cover this week. I can't certainly think of anything else. Um, as always, thanks for listening guys. Manny already gave us all the social stuff. So follow us, hit us up questions, comments, whatever. Appreciate you listening. As always, we'll definitely be back next week with another episode uh, until then. We'll see you next time. Manny, I'll go ahead and ask you uh, whose house?
2: Ram's house.
0: There we go.